Well, this morning we're going to be looking at uh, Psalm 23, and uh, I'm not sure what he's going to do next. But before we move on, <laughs> let's pray. Our Lord, as we turn to your word, we thank you that you speak to us through your word, that you have a message for each and every one of us. We pray that your Holy Spirit may uh, reach deep into our, our hearts this morning, that we may uh, receive what you have for us, Lord. And we ask this in the precious name of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, this morning we're going to begin a, a short little series on probably the most well-known and most loved psalm in the Bible, Psalm 23, the Shepherd's Psalm. But what you may not realise is that this psalm highlights seven of the greatest sources of stress in our lives. And these stresses include worry, Busyness, damaged emotions, indecision, difficult or dark or tragic times, hurt and fear for the future. But more than that, the really great thing about this psalm is that it provides the solution to those stresses. And over the next three weeks we're going to be looking at some of these stresses, we won't be looking at all of them, and what God has to say about these things in this very beautiful, well-known psalm. The first cause of stress we'll look at is worry. Now, I'm pretty safe in saying that all of us can relate to this. We all have things we worry about, don't we? Don't we? Yes, I see some heads nodding. That's terrific. Because we worry about things like finances, our jobs, our relationships, marriage, kids, health, and so on and so forth. But worrying about things is mostly unhelpful because it never accomplishes anything. Worry never solves anything. It's like when you get in your car, you put it in neutral and you rev your engine for all, you can do, for all it's worth. You can make a lot of noise, but you're not going anywhere. You expend a lot of time and emotional energy, but you don't actually accomplish anything other than make yourself very unhappy and miserable and annoy the neighbours if you're revving your engine. But worry is also unreasonable. When we worry, we often exaggerate our problems. We dwell on the problem, making it seem much bigger and greater than what it really is. But you know, to worry about, about something you can't change is really a waste of energy and doesn't actually change the situation at all. To worry about something you can change is also counterproductive. You know, it is far better to think about a problem, make a decision and make the necessary change or take the appropriate action. Worry is also... Unhealthy. When you worry, you can get ulcers, you can get backaches, you can get headaches, you can get insomnia, because worry makes us unhealthy and unhappy. You want to know something? We actually weren't born worrying. We actually learn worry. We learn how to worry. And we have to practice to be good at it as we grow older. 
But the good news is that if worry is learned, it can actually be unlearned. And this is where Psalm 23 enters the picture. It starts with that beautiful verse. You know what it is? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. I have everything I need, in other words. And here is the solution to worry. If I believe that God is going to take care of me, I'm not going to worry. David uses the analogy of a shepherd when he describes God's taking care of him. Now for us to understand this and see how God as our shepherd will help with our worry, we need to understand what a shepherd actually does and sort of more like picture a Middle Eastern shepherd rather than an Australian shepherd on a quad bike or something. But what does a shepherd do is the question. Well, a shepherd provides food, he provides shelter, and he provides the basic necessities for his sheep. A shepherd also protects his sheep from from enemies, from animals, and keeps them safe from harm. A shepherd also guides or leads his sheep to where they're meant to be. And a shepherd corrects and deals with problems that come along from time to time. He keeps the sheep on the right path, heading the right way. But you know the amazing thing is this. God, God has promised to do these four things in our life if we trust him. If we let God be our shepherd, if we do that, he says, I'll provide for you. I will protect you. I will guide you. I will correct the problems in your life for you if you will let me be your shepherd. Now this promise is expressed in different ways throughout the Bible. For example, in the Old Testament book of Isaiah, in chapter 40, verse 11, it says, God takes care of his people like a shepherd. And in the New Testament, in Philippians 4.19, it says, My God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. All your needs. This doesn't say God will meet all of our greed. Because, you know, there's a difference between needs and wants. And Because, you know, if God met all of our wants, think about it. We'd be the biggest spoiled brats in the universe. And God is not going to give us everything we want. It's not good for us. But he has said and he has promised, I will meet all your needs. God says, I will. I will. He doesn't say, I might. I'll think about it. Possibly. Maybe. What he says is, I will. I will. And that means God's character is on the line. He's either going to do it or God's a liar. And God says, I will meet all. That's a key little word in the Bible. We come across it a lot. Three letters, all. The word all. What does that include? 
Well, it includes medical expenses, it includes mortgage payments, it includes spiritual needs, it includes financial needs, health needs, relational needs. Yes, everything. If God has promised to provide for all our needs, to protect us, to guide us when we're confused and to correct the problems in our lives, what does that leave us to worry about? Nothing. Nothing. You know, when you have an insurance policy, once you know what's covered in that policy, you don't worry about it anymore. But did you know that in the Bible there are over 7,000 promises? That's the coverage that God puts over our lives. So worry is not only unhelpful, unreasonable, unhealthy, it's unnecessary. If Jesus Christ is your shepherd, any time you worry, in essence what you are saying is God is not going to keep his promises. God's not going to take care of my needs. If it's going to happen, it's going to be up to me to make it happen. And putting it bluntly, worry is simply practical atheism. It says, I don't believe God will do what he says he will do. So how can we let God be our shepherd? Well, there are three things we can do. But it's important to firstly note that God is not the shepherd of everybody. He's only the shepherd of those who are his sheep. Or more to the point, those who let him be the shepherd. Remember the point of the the little video at the start? We have to let Jesus be our shepherd. The psalm says, The Lord is my shepherd. Now the Lord can't be your shepherd until the shepherd is your Lord. So the first thing to do is to accept Jesus as your shepherd. Accept him as your Lord. The two go together. Shepherd and Lord, together. You can't ask him to be the shepherd without allowing him to be your Lord. And we have to stop playing God. We have to stop playing God and let God be God. What does it mean to be Lord? It means to be in control. Lord simply means whoever is in charge. Today we might say it's the boss or manager or CEO, chairman of the board. Lord means to be the person who is on top, in control, calling the shots. Jesus Christ is Lord of your life if he is calling the shots in your life. If he's not calling, your, calling the shots in your life, then he's not your Lord. And if he's not Lord, he's not shepherd. Now to accept Jesus as Lord means three things. In John ten fourteen and uh, 27 it says, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. My sheep know me. They listen to my voice and they follow me. Know, listen, follow. These three words are what it means to have Jesus as Lord. You know Jesus. You know him personally. 
This is a relationship we're talking about. And you listen to Jesus. You pray to him, you wait for his answers. You read his word. Let him speak to you through the Bible as you read it. And you follow Jesus. That means you do what he tells you to do. We obey him. We submit to him. We put him in control of our lives. You see, essentially worry is a control issue. The root behind all our worry is a fear that we're not in control. Worry is always an attempt to control the uncontrollable. Worry is assuming responsibility God never meant for us to have. You know, whenever you try to control the uncontrollable, but your kids, the economy, the environment, you're going to worry. And worry is a warning sign that you're trying to control too much. That is the root behind all worry. So who is in control of your life? There are two options. Either you can be in control of your life or you can let God be in control of your life. You or God. And you know what? God doesn't co-pilot. You'd crash and he'd get blamed. That was the case. God, and God is not going to force it on you. But remember, God made us. And he knows what it will make, take to make us happy more than we can ever imagine. And he has the power to bring things to pass. But he's still going to give us the option. Either you can be in control of your life or we can put God in control of our life. And putting it bluntly, if you are in control of your, your life, you are playing God. And playing God is the root of all worry. If you are running your own life without God's direction... Hey, if you're doing that, you ought to be worried because most of the things in life you, are things you can't control. And so you have every reason to worry. But if God is running your life and he's your Lord and your shepherd and you, you know for sure that he can control anything and everything, and so you don't need to worry. Secondly, pray about everything. Pray about all the things you usually worry about. Just talk to God. He wants us to talk to him. He wants our friendship. He wants a relationship with us. You don't have time to pray? Do you have time to worry? If we prayed about all the things we worry about, we would have a whole lot less to worry about. You see, worry doesn't change anything. But here's the point. Prayer does. Prayer gets in touch with God who can change things. So whenever you're worried, you have two options. You can panic or you can pray. Philippians 4, 6. It's up there on the screen. Hopefully you can read it. Yep. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, 
which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The Living Bible puts it a little more simply. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God your needs. If you do this, you will experience God's peace, which is far, far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. Everything. That's the key word, everything. Don't just pray about religious things. Most people, when they pray, pray prayers, they think God wants to hear. But if something is big enough to worry about, something's big enough for you to be concerned about, it's big enough to pray about. Because in 1 Peter 5, 7 it says, Cast all of your anxiety on him because he cares for you. There's another promise. Cast all of your anxiety on him because he cares for you. What's cast mean? Cast means to unload, to let it go. You know, prayer is an incredible stress reliever. Cast it all on him. Whatever you're stressed or worried about, upset about or irritated about, dump it on him. Unload it. Just lay it all at his feet. And most importantly, when you lay it at his feet, leave it there. The problem is most of us do the casting like we do in fishing. We cast our worries out. And what are you doing fishing? Reel them back in. Yeah? We start with prayer and we just lapse into thinking about the problem all over again. You know, that's normal, it's natural. But when that happens, it can be helpful to do a few things like write down your prayer on paper. Some people call it journaling. Or perhaps it would help if you prayed your prayer out loud because it helps you to keep your focus on the prayer that you're praying and stops you dwelling on the problem when you, what you're praying about. Sometimes you need to just do something physical. Go for a walk or a run. On Stuart's case, go for a ride on your bike. It helps to focus on the problem as you're doing something to sort of stop you from um, being distracted. So therefore, so therefore, accept Jesus as Lord and pray about everything. The third thing you can do <clears throat> if you want to deal with worry is take one day at a time. Paraphrasing Mark, uh, sorry, Matthew 6.34, it says, So don't be anxious about tomorrow. God will take care of your tomorrow too. Key point here, live one day at a time. Live one day at a time. Jesus is saying, don't open your umbrella until it starts raining. You know, today is the tomorrow that you worried about yesterday. Do you want me to repeat that? (laughs) Today is the tomorrow that you worried about yesterday. When you worry, you don't do anything about yesterday. There's nothing you can do about what's past. You can't... And you can't control tomorrow. You can just simply mess up today. And you know the future sometimes can be simply overwhelming. Our minds race ahead about all the different possibilities and permutations and can just overwhelm us. And so therefore God has put, in that, put it in little bite-sized digestible chunks 
He just gives it to us one little piece at a time, one little 24-hour increment at a time. In Matthew 6.11, in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus says to pray, give us today our daily bread. Give us today our daily bread. Overcoming worry is a day-to-day choice. So how can we let God be our shepherd? First, accept Jesus as Lord. Second, pray about everything. And third, take one day at a time. You know, there's no magic pill that will stop you worrying. There is no seminar or conference or tape or book that will make you stop worrying. And there is no one spiritual experience you can have and you'll never worry again. Worry and the solution for it is going to be a daily choice. And sometimes it is a moment-by-moment choice in which you need to say, am I going to believe that the Lord is my shepherd? Or am I going to believe that I am my own Lord? Who is in control of my life? Who's calling the shots? If I'm in control... I've got a lot to worry about. But if God's in control, it's his problem. And you know what? God can handle it. So what's worrying you at the moment? What is it that causes you to turn and toss at night, wondering, is it ever going to work out? What is it that you think about that you get an uncomfortable feeling in the pit of your stomach. I don't know what you're going through right now, but that doesn't really matter because God knows. God knows exactly what you're going through. And again, paraphrasing Matthew 6, uh, 32 to 33, it says your heavenly Father already knows perfectly well what you need and he will give them to you. And there's a qualification. If you give him first place in your life and live as he wants you to do. Can I suggest you go home and read Psalm 23? When you do, you'll find that 17 times in six verses, the words I, me or my are used. This is an intensely personal psalm. The word you, talking about God, is used five times. He or his is used five times. This psalm is all about a relationship with God. And that's the solution to stress. We need a relationship. We need a shepherd. Somebody who provides, who protects, who guides and corrects. And God says, that's why I made you. I made you to know me. He knows all about us and he wants us to know him and that's why he sent Jesus. So if you've never done so, ask Jesus to become your Lord, your boss, your manager and shepherd just as he's promised to do. There was a minister a while back called Wilbur Chapman He was asked to come and cheer up a little boy 
a little 10-year-old boy who was dying of cancer. And he went to the home of that little boy who was very sick in bed. And the little boy was worried about dying. And Chapman said, I want to teach you something. Let me have your hand. And he took the little boy's hand and he says, the Lord, the Bible says, the Lord is my shepherd. And every time you get worried about what's going to happen to you, you think, the Lord is my shepherd, my shepherd. And you hold onto your index finger. Now, two weeks later, that little boy died in his sleep. And the next morning, his mother found him holding his index finger. I don't know what you're worried about or stressed about today, but I do know this. God loves you. He cares about your stress. And he can help you. The Lord is my shepherd. Emphasize the different words. The Lord is my shepherd. There is only one real Lord. All the others are fakes and imitations. The Lord is my shepherd. Not might be, not not will be. He always has been. He always will be. The Lord is my shepherd. Can you say that with all certainty? Is the Lord your shepherd? Can you is is the shepherd your Lord? You can't be one without the other. And when you can say that and mean it, really mean it, guess what? You're going to stop worrying. So don't carry that burden around with you one more second. It's unnecessary. Absolutely unnecessary when the Lord is your shepherd. Would you pray this prayer with me? Dear Lord, we don't understand it all, but we understand that you've promised to take care of our needs if only we'll trust in you. We realise that worry is just a warning light that we're trying to control everything. And we don't want to do that anymore, Lord. We want you to be in control of our life. We want you to be our manager. We want you to be our Lord. And we want to know you, to listen to you. And we want you to lead us in the life plan that you made us for. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.